So Sharon, welcome to Talk with Jordan. Um, I am very, very honored to have you on our on our podcast, on my podcast, as our guest this uh, this evening. Um, I think it's really exciting that you chose to come with us and to be part of it. And I think what's specifically very cool, your hair looks great, don't worry, um, yeah. <laughs> is uh, one of the greatest things that's, that it is that you're with us is that you're actually a person who's been very much in uh, the startup field and investment field and investment in startups for a very long time. And, you know, you have not only that, but you even are considered, I believe, a high tech influencer in Israel. Um, and I would love for you to kind of talk to us a little bit. Like, first, I'm honored to have a high tech influencer in Israel on my podcast, considering it is a very new podcast. It's very young. Um, so I'm doing well if I get someone like that, you know. And then uh, number two, I'd love for you to kind of share with us your journey and where it is, how it is that you got started um, on your journey and kind of what you have learned along your journey in the world of investments um, and international business and things that would not only be you know, useful for us in general, but, but especially now in the world that we're living in with Corona and also with um, just you know the digitization of uh, a lot of business. So. That being said, Sharon, welcome, and I'd love for you to just tell us kind of like how did your how did your startup career get started? Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here as well. Um, my career basically started like uh, many of the Israelis in the army. I served in the uh, elite computer unit of the Israeli army, which is called Mamram. Uh, this is pretty much the school of uh, computer um, computer professions uh, in uh, the IDF. And this is basically where I started. So eventually I kind of uh, um, found myself uh, going towards a high-tech business. I started working uh, for international companies, including ACI Telecom and uh, Rat Group, which were telecom companies 20 years ago. This was, you know, Israel prided itself for, for being a leader in the telecom world. And I was sure. doing sales and marketing for those companies, uh, selling mostly in uh, Europe and uh, in the United States. And so they had you doing sales. I loved it. You know, eventually, uh, looking back, I believe that uh, what I love in my business is uh, the deal making, the idea of uh, getting into a room and uh, having a deal from inception to closing, making people love your product and eventually love you in a way. If they trust sure. you, they trust your product. So, I, so let's I talk about that for right a from the beginning that this is what I like doing rather than yeah, you know, coding or anything. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I wanted to say like they, they actually took you for sales. They didn't take you for computer. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I realized interesting. actually from the service in the army that I want to do high tech. I understand high tech. I understand computers, but I love working with people. And I realized that this is what I want to do. And I started uh, doing sales. And I was pretty good at this, if I may say. And eventually, um, trying to think about my career path, um, one uh, by another, um, bah, 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 bah. I don't remember, you know, it was 20 years ago. Uh, eventually, I uh, started up, uh, no, I became, I got, a great business opportunity. I was offered to be um, vice president at uh, one of the Israeli telecom company. It was a telecom provider, just like you know AT and T, just much smaller. Sure. Uh, sure. We provided services both in the United States and in Europe, and also in Israel. And I was in charge of uh, all the uh, financial growth 
I was doing M&A's and uh, IPOs and bond issuance and wow. uh, pipes and uh, all kind of financial vehicles. And I found it extremely, extremely exciting. Once again, it's all about deal making. And sure. so my background in the telecom business uh, helped me a lot. But I found out that once again, I like uh, the idea of uh, deal making. And then how did you uh, found this? Off- how did you find this out? How did you find out that you were really just this good with people? You know, because it, to me, it just seems very interesting that like you would be starting in Mamram, which I know from my own army experience is very, very computers. I mean, very, very computers. And then you go to basically the, you know, the human side of things. It's kind of like an unorthodox path in that sense. Where, what, like what pushed you to do that? What really, I mean, and, and did you feel like you were getting good at it when you were there? I mean, did you feel like your tech knowledge was very, you know, transferable? I think that uh, right from the beginning, I didn't find, to be very honest, I found the uh, army service uh, very boring in a way. Eventually you had to sit there in front of a computer from uh, day to night and I couldn't find it any, any more boring than it was. And I was, uh, I think I always uh, realized that I'm uh, pretty good with people, you know, that I'm more comfortable sitting with people and uh, having a conversation with them. Eventually, I found out that I can uh, convince them to do uh, whatever I believe that. It took me some time until I realized how I can use my, uh, my abilities or my talents with people. But I knew right from the beginning that this is what I want to do. Just work with people, be with people, and get away from computers. Computers were just the mean to get to people. Interesting. So you, you finish your time as, so you, then you're a VP of this telecom company, and you're making big deals and big mergers and acquisitions, and you're doing big things. And then what's next for you? Then uh, I was offered by uh, an Israeli serial um, entrepreneur to start up a company with him. And we started mm-hmm. up a company which was called Beanpal. It was pretty much like Dropbox. Nobody has heard okay. about uh, Dropbox in Israel at the time, but it was a big deal both in the United States and in Asia. And the idea was offering people to uh, send big files from uh, one place to another. It was a nice. big deal about 10 years ago or so. I think 10 years ago more. And we raised funds from uh, all the who's and who's, venture capital, very known angels, and so on. And this is pretty much where I got the uh, understanding of uh, the startup business, how it works. I was the CEO, and we raised more than $1 million. We uh, got, you know, like 10 people and started working and released the product within a few months' time. Eventually, uh, my partner and myself, we didn't get along very well. It was a major lesson for me, I think, uh, making uh, the right choices. Working with mm-hmm. the people you uh, really want to work with and you really trust that and the, working with people that you are like-minded with. Sure. So we didn't get along very well and eventually we decided to split. He carried on with the company and left the company and then kind of, uh, you know, I was a bit confused. What am I supposed to do next? Perhaps, you know, I loved it's the funny part. I loved everything I did, you know. Uh, had you asked me 10 years ago, what would I do with my career? I would tell you I wouldn't carry on being a salesperson or I would carry on being uh, in the uh, right. financial business and I would carry on being an entrepreneur. And then eventually when I, uh, uh, when I, uh, when we split it up, one of the Israeli companies, which was acquired by Intel, approached me and asked me to assist them with an MBO from Intel. Intel decided to, uh, to uh, discontinue operations that did not, uh, generate about a hundred and a hundred million dollars at the time. So wow. we got 
they got an announcement that they are going to be discontinuing in a month time or so. And they wow. asked me whether I can assist them with an MBO. So I tried to assist them and we were pretty successful. They were an amazing team of people, by the way. And plenty of investors wanted to invest in them. I just connected between relevant investors to them. And as I spoke both languages, the financial part and the entrepreneurship part, I felt very comfortable. You know, being between the investors and the, the uh, founder. How did you take your skills as a saleswoman? Like, what were the what were like uh, the takeaways as a saleswoman that basically, you know, taught you to kind of bring people to your bidding in a sense that you took away to your time as an entrepreneur. And then from there, how did you use that as an entrepreneur? I think the major issues here is uh, listening. You know not uh, getting into the room and speak about yourself and speak about the product and, uh, you know, talk and talk and talk. The only issue wherever you go is listening to people. Ask them about themselves, uh, ask them about their work, ask them about uh, their product or their needs or just learn about them. Once you uh, listen, people, are f first of all, once you listen, people love talking, you know. They love talking about themselves, then about work, then about their needs, then about the boss. This is how you gather information that you actually need in order to uh, sell better. This is how you know exactly who's the one who's making the decision and what they need and what was not going wrong. I'm sorry, what was not going well beforehand. Once you collect the information, the uh, relevant information, you can sell better. And once you let people talk and you listen, they trust you more. People trust people who listen to them. And so how did that help you then in terms of, you know, growing the various startups that you worked for? You know, did that help you when approaching VCs? I mean, the idea of getting people to like you? Uh, absolutely. First of all, um, I think that uh, was more about another issue at the time. It was uh, the notion that I'm very connected because... Um, one of the things uh, I'm studying in Kellogg Business School, and one of the things they uh, emphasize in Kellogg is uh, networking, which is very unique for Israeli people, you know. Unless you know everybody from the army, you're not that much acquainted. You don't really have the network. And in Kellogg, they kind of, uh, this is the school of marketing, basically, Kellogg in the States. And they kind of uh, um, pump back and forth, the idea of uh, connecting with other people. And in Kellogg, I've learned one of the major classes for me, life-changing classes in Kellogg was about uh, networking. And I've learned that you need to help other people. It always get back to you. You need to, uh, there are plenty of people you meet down the road. Some of the people may not necessarily be relevant for your business, but once you connect them with the uh, people who are relevant for them, they would love helping you back. And this is how, um, once you listen to them, you understand exactly what kind of people they will meet or what kind of people they would like to be in touch with and you assist them, they will turn the world upside down for you. And do you have an example so, of that, like from your own, your own experience? Yeah, uh, well, I think uh, it's not a specific example, but I can tell you that I have... Uh, I um, Ever since I uh, left Kellogg, I graduated Kellogg, I started connecting between people. And eventually, when I started up my own company, it was after Kellogg, I made a phone call to all those people that, uh, that I assisted before. Not asking for assisting back, but more telling them, hey, guys, I'm up to start up my own company. Um, this is what we need. If you hear about anything, 
any development investor, if you are here about development, uh, you know, developers or so, send it back to me. It was unbelievable to see how people really work hard to assist me. I was connecting to I was connected to investors from all over, you know, definitely from all over Israel, also uh, from uh, from United States and uh, from Europe. People tried to help me as much as they could. People really wanted. It's not because they felt the belief to help as much as they wanted to help. Interesting. So you're basically, yeah, yeah. So you're basically saying like if like you you just like called up some people who you had helped in different forums, whatever, at different times. And we're just like, hey, I'm starting a company. Like, here you go. Here's the news. Help me out if you can. And if not, all's good. Exactly. Wow. And, and it really, and, wow. That's incredible. I mean, isn't that, I mean, that's a big takeaway right there. I mean, like, who's to think that sometimes just doing good to other people in this world would maybe get good doing to you? It's, it's a, a novel concepts, right? But I mean, it, it really is. is. You know, a lot of people don't, don't always think that way, right? Would you, let me ask you a question, as a startupist yourself, would you say like it's more important the connections you have or the product you have? It's all about people. I think uh, technology is basically a commodity. You can find technology everywhere. You can find pretty much a similar technology wherever you go. I haven't heard one single idea which was really unique. I mean, you can imitate or you can copy or replicate any kind of technology you find with the right developers. So it's not about the technology, it's about people. The ability to, uh, to uh, when you are an investor, you typically look for people that can work together pretty well, that communicate. Uh, there are going to be plenty of problems uh, down the road. So you want to see a team that is working pretty well, that connects pretty well, that uh, is able to communicate about all the issues and all the uh, uh, troubles they find, because there are going to be some troubles. So all of a sudden, I forgot the question. No, no, I, no, no, it's all right. It's, you know, you're getting into very interesting stuff already. I was just asking about as your time as a startupist, did you think the product or people or the people you know is more important? And it sounds to me like people. you're saying it's the people, 100%. It's not necessarily the product. Now, let me also... It's execution. It's execution. It's communication. It's all about the people, never about the product. Now, let me also give you something from my own experience. So when I... Uh, was recently I was working with the startup and they had a very interesting product right now. I was signed an NDA, so I can't really go into the, pro the product itself. But one of the things that I noticed uh, was between the founders. The founders, uh, they always seemed to bicker between them, right? And they always seemed to have kind of, you know, fights between them. But in a certain way, it also seemed like that was like, you know, the what, what I would call the marriage, you know, between the two founders. Like they just you know, they fight, like they bicker, right? Some people don't, they do. Now, I kind of wondered the entire time whether that was a sign for good or a sign for bad. And I specifically thought it was interesting because they had this kind of relationship where when other people would come around them, you know, again, I was out there, I was just working kind of contractually for them. But when I was there, I could see that their kind of bickering brought people in actually, right? And it actually created this kind of like network, right? And so one of the things that I've always kind of wondered, and I'm going to ask you now too, is you talked about the, the team aspect, right? And you talked about your own partner who you kind of left out of this. Do you find that the team is really the, I mean, obviously the team is very important, right? But if you have kind of the right, um, I guess, like connections outside of that and the ability to kind of, I don't know, draw people in, is it going to, in the end, override the kind of internal issues? Well, it's all about the team, basically. The team is not, well, 
if the team is not able to communicate well, they're not going to make it one way or another. Now, there's not always a situation where you can point the exact problems in the team, but if you feel that it's not going to work, um, then there's no point of, uh, you know, I'm an investment banker now and I work with uh, many startup companies and uh, many investors. And if I have some sort of an instinct where I feel that the investor or the team would not carry on, or if I have anything, I can't even exactly put it there under some kind of a term. If I feel wrong or about specific people, then I'm not going to go with them. And it doesn't matter how great the product is and how promising it is and how much money they raise and what kind of clients they have. If I feel there's something wrong, I'm not going to go away with them. And Interesting. believe me, the people sense those, uh, you know, um, miscommunication. You Interesting. Can't you can't fool anybody, everybody. Even though we might, we might like to think we can, right? Even if you think you can, I mean, uh, many people at the time I started up uh, my own, uh, my last startup with uh, the partner, I can tell you that people could see the uh, difficult interaction between us right from the beginning. Now, I wanted to ignore it. I wanted so bad to start up my company, and I really believed that the product uh, didn't care less about the uh, problems we had. I was sure we can overcome it uh, during, down the road. And eventually it didn't work, and it was right there from the beginning. I shouldn't know. I believe, once again, uh, this is how we started our conversation. Everything's for the best. And right. there was a huge lesson I've learned from uh, this startup. So I don't have any remorse about uh, this time. But once a team doesn't interact well, they're not going to overcome any, uh, all those difficulties. There are so many difficulties in uh, starting up companies that you need so to have a strong team together. Yeah. So what would be like, let's say if you could like narrow it down, I'm a, you know, I'm a young guy myself. I'm 26. I'm starting my own startup, right? I'm, I'm going out there. What, what's the, what are like kind of the three things you would tell me that I need to look out for in starting my startup, you know, in general uh, that you as an investor look out for, but also that you from your own experience know. Wow. That's a good question. I'm not even sure what to answer. First of all, find the partner. It's a very uh, lonely uh, road, basically. You need to find somebody that uh, can, uh, you know, can team up with you all the way and assist you when uh, you are. There's so many, and somebody told me it's pretty much a roller coaster, you know. It, uh, it's, sure. uh, you have such a high highs and uh, such low downs, you know. So you need sure. someone to work with you, just like good marriage in a way. Uh, you need to have exactly. uh, some good partnership, somebody that can carry on with you when it's tough and can celebrate with you when it's going really well. Um, that's, I think, the major issue. And investors like seeing teams. Um, it feels a lot more stable in a way when you see a whole team, bunch of people, co-founders. If you're your own founder, it uh, seems to be uh, less attractive in so many ways. Okay. Uh, so yeah. this is one issue. Uh, the other one is being being able to uh, to communicate, to talk, to listen to people, to listen to employees, to listen to your partner. Uh, avoid your ego, which I think is very difficult to do. Um, being very uh, being an expert in terms of understanding the product, the arena, the marketing, uh, you know, the marketing environment, um, who are the competitors and everything, but being very open about your, um, 
being very open and being very um, humble. You know, there are sometimes people who are sitting in front of investors that kind of uh, we're going to be the next uh, Facebook or whatever. So being very humble and being, being very open to listen to uh, to um, any kind of criticism. On the other hand, believe in your dream. People can tell sure. you you're wrong and you should go all the way uh, and keep up. You know, better. What's amazing. Sure. And like, what's amazing what you're saying right now is like, I asked you about a startup, right? And none of what you said has to do with like anything about business, right? It's, I mean, if anything, it's everything about business, but it's nothing about like the technicals, right? It's not like, well, you need to make sure you're hitting the right, you know, benchmarks for growth, or, you know, you have to make sure you have the good marketing campaign or, you know, the product has to be tip top, you know, you're basically saying like, one, you need a team and you need a good team and people are going to be behind you. Two, you need to be able to communicate and communicate well, which is what you've talked about and, you know, basically with promoted this with entire the right. With the partners, with the investors, with everybody. Exactly. And then third, you need to be basically like humble, but know where you come from, right? You need to know that you're, you know, the best, but not show it, right? And that's also, I think, very important in terms of how you interact with people, especially in the business world, right? Because we all, in the end, we like to help someone we're we're good with, right? You know, as you were saying before, if we do good to someone else, then we'll, you know, it's a positive feedback loop, right? Like we help the other person. Um, okay. I want to, you, you know, so kind much of, better than I do, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so, but thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to like kind of end this talk, you know, with you uh, kind of talking as your, from your, you know, background as well. And also, you know, obviously as an invested banker right now, where do you see kind of the future of, you know, startup investments heading right now, um, especially in the time that we're in? And is there really anything that anyone can predict? Wow. Very good questions. I think uh, this is one of the things I'm finding the most amazing about the, uh, especially when we're talking about the COVID situation. Uh, you can find that there are plenty of rounds that are um, that are going from A to Z without meeting people, which is amazing for me. You know? As I said, I'm a people person, so I thought that there would be no way of closing deals without meeting people. And you can see more and more people handling an entire roadshow, even take a look at the IPO, JFrog. Did you right. know that JFrog hasn't met any of the uh, institutional investors? They had the entire IPO to Zoom. Wow, I had no idea. It's amazing, amazing for me. It's surprising. I could never believe that there's any possibility of doing a roadshow that way. And I can see that in my case, more and more investors uh, prefer, even more and more startups prefer meeting first on Zoom and uh, kind of uh, save uh, time and, uh, and efforts. Um, are there any other takeaways I can provide you? I'm not sure. I'm not I mean, sure. yeah, no, it's a it's an uncertain time, I think, for everyone, right? So, I mean, I'm, I think it's very hard to also predict, but, you know, I just wanted to know if you could give anyone out there kind of the tip, you know, say like, oh, well, you know, going down this road, you know, you're, you're not going so well. If you're going down this road, it's a lot better. Um, but I mean, you know, totally understandable. I, that's why I kind of wanted to know. It sounds like basically you got, we got to get used to the world of digital and it's going to be with us for a while. So that's, think, that's what it sounds uh, the like. The same rules uh, would, uh, would be relevant forever. If you can go uh, further without investors, better off. But it was the same before COVID and everything. Uh, if you have uh, you know, good startups are going to be in this situation, even in uh, Corona time. 
uh, if right. you have a good team and you have a good story and you have some time to carry on, perhaps the corner situation would enable people to sit at home and work better on their products rather than going outside and raise funds when the um, ideas or technologies are not necessarily mature enough. So now you can see that people are investing in a bit more time and a bit more efforts in order to uh, shape the, the product and get more customers and uh, have some uh, A-B testing before approaching investors. That was before the corona and it's going to be even stronger now. So sure. as long as you can take your time uh, prior to approaching investors, better off for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Sharon, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time and even through a technical difficulty coming back strong with us. So, I mean, I really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, I just wish you good luck with everything in the business world, whatever you choose to do next. Uh, it sounds like you are quite the, quite the woman and you have quite a lot of stuff coming from you and going forward. So I'm excited to see what you can do and, you know, maybe, the positive feedback loop will come back for both of us and I'll be able to latch on to some of your goodness and you onto some of my goodness and vice versa and we'll keep moving forward. So. I would love to keep in touch with you. I wish you awesome. great, uh, great success and keep in touch with me, please. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Sharon. I will and thank you so much. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye-bye, you bye. too.